Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team. Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network's YouTube channel. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and the night has come upon us. Game one of the 2023 NBA Finals tips off in about two and a half hours from Denver, Colorado at the Ball Arena between the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat and the Western Conference champion, the Denver Nuggets. The number one seed in the West versus the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be a fun one, folks. I'm so, so excited for this series. I know, and I've talked about it throughout the last week and a half or so, ever since we really knew it was going to be Denver and Miami. And for those of you that say, well, it went to game seven. I knew all along it was going to be the Miami Heat, especially when they went out three games to one. I did not waver. This could be a great series. People may talk about, ah, oh, the ratings and all that. It may not be great. Listen, for a series like this, I could give two craps about ratings. This is going to be awesome. Okay, you got a massive favorite, a team that's rolled through the West versus a massive underdog who has rolled through the East. Cannot wait for this series. John Rivera of the Fan Perspective Podcast will be stopping by in about 25 minutes to discuss these NBA Finals as well as I saw a story today I want to talk about with John. John is that Joe Mazzula will be retained by the Boston Celtics, which I think is a very interesting move. And look, if the Celtics are looking to retain him, I think there is one serious uh, adjustment they need to make in terms of what to do uh, around Coach Missoula, uh, who the Celtics, again, as Brad Stevens announced today, they will be retaining. And obviously, I'll get his thoughts on the NBA Finals in terms of who he's got tonight, who he's got. If he hasn't made his prediction already on the series, uh, I don't think he has. So maybe he he doesn't want to do that in Carving Up Live yet. Maybe he'll say that for his podcast, which I completely understand. And at the end of today's show, obviously, I will predict Game one of the NBA Finals. You guys already know I made my prediction on Monday's show or Tuesday's show because I did a Tuesday show after game seven that I have the Heat in six. I think this notion and this, you know what? Let me just go and jump right into it. But first, <laughs> this notion that 
And we've been hearing it all throughout the week, ever since the finals matchup became official on Monday night. The notion, the narrative, the Vegas odds, saying that Denver is just this massive favorite of the Miami Heat. That from a basketball standpoint, you can't see. I saw one basketball uh, podcaster who I have great respect for. Uh, uh, Jason Temp, who works at the volume, does a phenomenal basketball podcast. Some of the best stuff out there. Highly recommend you guys. I don't, I don't usually plug other people's podcasts that I, I don't personally know. That's one of them I would. Great stuff. But I even heard him say, I don't see a... From a basketball standpoint, I the more I look at it, I don't see a scenario in which the Heat are able to win four times in seven tries. And to which I say, how you figure? This is a Miami Heat team that just faced the Milwaukee Bucks in round one. A series in which I picked Milwaukee to win in five. Yes, there was actually one other series in which I picked against Miami, but, but you know what that was? Hey, I thought, I thought, I thought, Milwaukee was better. And two, I did pick them to get to the finals to take on my Warriors. So there was two things going on there. Clearly, they were not better than Milwaukee. You say, well, Giannis missed two games in that series. Yeah, he came back and ran for the basketball in the fourth quarter in game four and certainly in game five. And Jimmy Butler took that series over. You then face the New York Knicks. A team that's excellent defensively, well coached. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson had a fantastic series. You have to deal with the, you know, again, you're, you you don't have home court throughout the entire playoffs at all because, you're again, you're the eight seed uh, taking on a Knicks team that has, obviously, a great home court, Madison Square Garden. Take them out in six. You face the Boston Celtics, who many of you were either the best or second-best team in the NBA. You had a 3-0 lead on them, and a very strong argument can be made, folks. They outplayed them in five of the seven games. They just got really, really unlucky with the Derek White tip-in at the end of Game 6 to force a Game 7 in which Miami hosed Boston. This notion, if you want to say Denver's better, have at it. They were the number one overall seed. They won 53 games. They have a fantastic offense. Jokic finished top two for MVP again. He's averaging a triple-double throughout the playoffs. Jamal Murray averaging 30 in the playoffs. Great coach, Mike Malone, bench, all that. If you want to say they're better, have at it. I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that. But... The fact, the, the, the notion, oh my gosh, there's just this massive gap. Again, as, as I read on Monday's show, and I actually, I got the year wrong. I got the teams right, but I got the year wrong. So I'll correct myself. The Miami Heat in the last 16 years, these Miami Heat are the second biggest underdog going into a finals, second only to the 2018 Warriors and the 2018 Cavs. Now, that 28... Warriors team was not as good as the 2017 Warriors team, a team that literally went 16-1 and and is the greatest team ever assembled in the history of the NBA, and it's not even an argument. But that 2018 team still had KD, who averaged 30. Steph Curry, who was, led the Warriors in scoring three of the four games, should have gotten finals MVP, played outstanding in that series. Okay, you got a Klay Thompson, who's the second greatest shooter ever. Draymond Green, who was Defensive Player of the Year the year prior, against a Cavs team that had... Prime LeBron James and nothing else. A much diminished version of Kevin Love, who's your second best player. An old beat up J.R. Smith, Jeff Green, Kyle Korver at the end, a young Jordan Clarkson, Tristan Thompson. I mean, folks, it was not a very good basketball team if you watch that playoffs. The gap between those two teams were massive. Was massive, rather. 
Why should I see this finals being anything similar to that? I just think the 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 overwhelming storyline, I'll get to a couple other storylines of a segment as well, but the overwhelming storyline I'm seeing in this series is, oh my gosh, if this thing even goes six, oh, you got to tip your cap to Miami Heat. I'm like, okay, not only do I have the Heat winning in six, I don't get from a, again, from a basketball perspective, from a logical perspective, how there's so big of a gap. That's not to say Denver isn't a great team. That's to say Miami is. That's the thing. You can say Denver is great, and they are clearly. They're in the finals for crying out loud. But why can't Miami be? This is goes, I think what it is, you know what it is? I think some of it is. Some of it's how Miami plays. You know, it's, it's not, again, the sexiest brand of basketball and whatnot. But, you know, I think it is more than that. There's still this overriding belief that I've said all season long, all throughout this NBA season, and some last season, but definitely this year, that how good you are in the regular season dictates how well how far you can go in the playoffs. And folks, in 2023, it doesn't. The regular season has never been more relevant. The Miami Heat were the lowest, the lowest scoring team in the NBA. Think about that. Not the Pistons. Not the uh, Rockets or the Spurs who are going to get Wimbanyama. No, 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 no. Not Portland who missed, who Dane missed a bunch of games for them. No, the Heat. These same Miami Heat, same guys. Jimmy and Hero and, and Oladipo before he got hurt and Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin, Struess and Vincent and Bama Debye. Low scoring team in the NBA. Does that mean anything come playoff time? No, it doesn't. Uh, Golden State's a terrible road team in the playoffs. Yeah, they stole two games on the road against one of the best home teams in the NBA. Oh, Memphis can't beat them at home. Yeah, Lakers came in and housed them in round one. It doesn't matter. Lakers were a seven seed, got to the Western Conference Finals. Warriors were a six seed, got to the semis. Heat were an eight seed. They're in the NBA Finals. Folks, seeding how good you are in the regular season in today's NBA means nothing towards playoff success. If you have a great coach, which not only does Miami have a great coach, I think they got the best coach in the NBA. If you got a star player who Jimmy Butler's emerging into a superstar, if he isn't already, who's had a history of great playoff performance, and you got a great culture, which I talked about on Tuesday, that doesn't matter what the circumstance is, you feel good about yourself. You go with a good game plan, you match up well with the other team, and that's why Miami's gotten to this point. That's not to say Denver isn't great, because they are. But let's not act like Miami's just this band of misfits, band of misfit toys, who just uh, just, just so happened to stumble into the finals. No, they earned, they earned it just like Denver did. And I, I liked what the Nuggets said. I liked what Michael Malone said. I liked what Aaron Gordon, and I think I even heard Jokic during media availability say, like, man, we could give a crap about the fact they're the eight seed. They're in the finals. Clearly, they did something right. So, I just don't like that that th this cloud that's hanging over uh, this series for that reason. I wouldn't say, no, cloud's too strong. This narrative that's hanging over the series for that reason. The second thing I want to get to is Jimmy Butler. Then I'll get to Nicole Jokic, because those are the two stars of a series. Those Butler's the face of the Heat. Jokic's the face of the Nuggets. I'll start with Butler first, since I continue to talk about Miami. Then I'll get to Jokic. Is 
how will he how will we view Jimmy Butler with a championship? Because if he were to lead the Heat to a title, first of all, it'd be it would rival Dirk's 2011 ring as one of the most impressive playoff runs in NBA history that ended with a championship. Again, so we're not talking about you know LeBron taking some terrible Cleveland teams to the finals and losing to an overwhelmingly talented Warriors team or Spurs team. We're talking you led your team through the playoffs and you got the championship at the end. Jimmy's would rival Dirk's 2011 title should they come up with this championship. Should that be the case, not only would we look at Jimmy in that regard as you led the toughest championship arguably ever, but not just that. His resume, his basketball legacy would be unlike anything that we've really ever seen in the NBA. Where it's, you come into the league, Jimmy Butler, ladies and gentlemen, averaged two points a game first year in the NBA. He's a really good player in Chicago, like really good player in Chicago with Derrick Rose. They had Taj Gibson and Joaquin Noah. Like he was a good player in Chicago. But they were like, eh, we don't really feel like he's good enough to be the max guy. We'll move him on because we're trying to rebuild. So he goes to Minnesota with other young players. It's like, oh, oh I'll tell you what, he's too much of a locker room. And they move him after one season. You go to Philadelphia where it's championship ready situation. Jimmy plays really well that year. Uh, we just don't really want to commit our franchise to him. Fourth stop. Now, you would think a, a basketball player with a resume like that, in terms of you're talented, but you bounce from team to team to team. Sounds to me a lot like Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook. No, he just, the problem was the organizations and the cultures, particularly Minnesota and Philly, they didn't know how to respond to a guy like him. A guy who was a culture setter, but they weren't building their franchises around him. Miami does, and you see what's happened. Three Eastern Conference Finals appearances in four years, second finals in four years. And something else, too, is that when we talk about all-time great players, I mean, we're talking about like the, the, the icons of the sport, LeBron and Jordan and Kobe and Kareem and Shaq, like all these, like I, we can recognize them by one name, like those guys. They all were great in the playoffs. They all won multiple championships. Most of them won multiple MVPs. We understand that. But they were also great in the regular season. Again, I sort of mentioned the MVPs. They're like Kareem won six, Jordan won uh, five. LeBron's won four, you know? First of all, not only has Jimmy never been in contention for an MVP, when have we ever looked at Jimmy like, that's a great regular season performer? Looked at James Harden and said that. Looked at Russell Westbrook and said that. Plenty of dudes in the NBA. Up until this year, you could have put Nikola Jokic in that category, and this year he's completely dispelled that. He's, he's throwing that, you know, throwing that out the window like, no, 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 dude, I, like, I... The same production I bring to the regular season, I bring that and then some to the playoffs, which he deserves all the credit in the world for. Jimmy's a very good regular season performer and turns into an all-timer when the playoffs are all around. Not that I, I can't I can't really think of the parallel. I mean, if you if you, if y'all do, please tell me in the comments because I can't think throughout NBA history where it's really good player in the regular season, amazing. In the playoffs. Like, I'm not talking about amazing by, like, Manu Ginobili. Good regular season player, big time. You know, and all those finals runs for the Spurs. Uh, Robert Ory, big shot Bob, as, as they referred him as. What did he win? Eight rings, I think it was? I think he won eight championships with, with all those different, uh, you know, uh, Rockets teams and Lakers teams and Spurs teams. Yeah, but he was a good shot maker. He made big shots. 
But his performance didn't just explode necessarily in the playoffs. And he was never the regular season performer Jimmy was. So how do we really reconcile that with where we put Jimmy? Because listen, the reality is we live in an era today. We live in a time with social media and everything where it's all about lists. It's all about ranking players. Where does that fit Jimmy? Because while he doesn't have the MVPs, his playoff resume, especially with a championship, would be incomparable in terms of guys of this era, at least mostly outside of like LeBron and Steph and maybe KD. It's a fair question. Kawhi, you could probably throw in that discussion as well. It's an interesting, you know, question conversation to have. Where would Jimmy rank? Because like he wasn't on the All NBA seventy five list last year. I don't know. It, 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 it's an interesting conversation, and it's. I'm curious to see what it would be with a title. Obviously, Jimmy would have to be Finals MVP. Uh, I think he has to be Finals MVP for him to win. And then as for Nikola Jokic, what's What's the story going to be around him? Well, first and foremost, I think most people will give him the title of best player in the world. Now, as somebody who said for about a year now that I think Steph holds that title, I mean, look, folks, Steph is still leading the playoffs in fourth quarter scoring, like, and he has he's been on vacation for what three weeks? And it kind of goes to show you how great Steph is. He's still first in the playoff category and hasn't played in basically a month. Uh, so I think Steph still holds that title in my book. But if Jokic balls out in the finals, which I expect him to, like we all do, and they win the title, wins finals MVP, we would assume. It would be hard to make the case that he's not the best player in the world. Now, I think there's still some pl plenty of numbers that would point Steph's direction in terms of recent playoff performances, but we, we can have that talk all day. The question is, where do we put him amongst great big men, great centers? Because, and we can put aside that I don't think he deserved either MVP the last two years. The fact of the matter is, if he wins this year, it doesn't matter. He validates those two MVPs. I mean, Embiid has yet to validate his MVP in the playoffs. So let's give Jokic the respect if he does. So that'd be two MVPs and a championship. By the way, it does, to me, that adds to your resume a little bit when either you break a franchise's long championship drought or you help the franchise win their first ever title. And this is the Nuggets' first finals appearance, period. So that, to me, would kind of go, it's kind of like the Tim Duncan thing. Spurs never won a title. He led them to five, obviously. The Warriors hadn't won in four years. Steph led them to four championships. Uh, the Bulls had never won. Uh, Jordan led them to, uh, to six titles. Cleveland, freaking Cleveland, had never won. LeBron led them to a title against a 73-win team down 3-1. Like, there's a special sort of uh, aura that goes with that. Where would Jokic rank among centers? Well, here's who I would never, no, I shouldn't say never. Here's who I, today, if he won a title, one finals MVP, would absolutely not place him over. I think there's some obvious ones. Kareem, Shaq, Hakeem, Wilt, Russell. You could argue David Robinson, uh, although I would argue uh, Joker's resume would look a little bit better than, than the Admiral. I know I'm missing somebody. Yeah, definitely put him above Dwight Howard. 100% would put him above Dwight Howard. 100%. It's Does he, he... He won't be in the top five, but he will be in the position where he's threatening it. Listen, this is a league that has had some iconic great big men. Great centers. Jokic would at least put himself in a conversation to be discussed among the greats with a title. 
it's an interesting discussion to have, and that's why I cannot wait for this finals to kick off or to, to tip off tonight. It's gonna be very fun. NFL topic, real quick. Uh, before we get to our next guest, John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast, check his stuff out. Him and his guy Henny Dre doing a great job over there. Um, I saw a story a couple days ago on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets as well are sort of involved with this. And I sort of, I sort of had an epiphany, as the title of this episode says. So I saw this. This is according to an article by The Athletic, who are as reliable a source as you can find in terms of just great pieces on there, uh, great reporting that they do. And this is this is according to, let me, I'm going to give credit to who wrote this, uh, Matt Schneidman, uh, who wrote this piece for The Athletic. Okay, so here's what it says. Quote, according to a source associated with the team, with the Packers, who has granted anonymity to candidly discuss the sensitive dynamics between the front office and the star quarterback early in the 2021 season, offseason rather, Dunn, uh, Aaron Rodgers' agent, called the Packers president, Mark Murphy, with a request. Fire Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, or trade Rodgers. Murphy did neither. Months later, news broke that Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay, but the Packers held firm. And then... Uh, this is uh, this this article goes on to say the G, the QB and GM had agreed to meet in person while Gutekunst was traveling in South South uh, Southern California for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl in late January per Schneidman, but the two never connected. With Rogers alleging that he responded to morning texts from Gutekunst that night or the next morning the next day. This is from Rogers. Quote: Did Brian text me more than I texted him? Rogers said, "Yeah, but did I ghost him? No, I texted him back." They were back and forth, so we had, and so this is the story you want to go with. You're going to stand on this hill of uh, austerity and say that arguably in the conversation of the best player in your franchise history, you're going to say I couldn't get a hold of him, and that's why we had to move on? Like, come on, man, just tell the truth. You wanted to move on. You didn't like the fact that we didn't communicate all the time. Like, listen, I talk to the people that I like. Okay, so it, again, it's sort of a he said, she said right now. Uh, this is according to a source of the team saying, hey, Rodgers wanted out. Or sorry, uh, uh, according to the source of team, Rogers' agent went to the front office and said, "Hey, trade Aaron or fire the GM." And obviously, neither happened. And Rogers won the MVP that year, although the Packers flamed out in the playoffs. And Rogers is saying, "I talked, but I, this notion that I ghosted him is crazy." So I don't know who's telling the truth. To be completely honest with you, but I sort of had an epiphany the other day about Aaron Rodgers. And you can call me crazy because I have been as big of an Aaron. I think Doubter is too strong. I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. That's inarguable. But I think, would he be top eight on my list of guys, not greatest quarterbacks, but of guys I would want to build around? I've been hesitant on that. But you know, I say a lot of times on my show, two things can be true. And I firmly believe that with every fiber of my being. I think there are certain situations like, well, yeah, this can be the case, and this also can be the case. In this instance, in the breakup, because that's what it was. It's a breakup between a star quarterback, a superstar quarterback, and a franchise, the Green Bay Packers. In situations like this, this is now the fourth straight off season in which we've had a star to superstar caliber player, quarterback, leave his franchise or get traded from his franchise elsewhere. 
It's fourth time. Brady in 2020, Stafford in 2021, Russ in 2022, Rodgers in 2023. And in every instance to this point, of the first three, it is either clearly, we have gotten an answer definitively, who carried who. Does more credit go to the player or the organization? Tom Brady left New England. It's like, okay, okay, I Patriots went 7-9, Tampa won the Super Bowl year one. Brady was the MVP at age 43. It was like, okay, yeah, Brady kind of carried New England for 20 years. The year after, the Stafford trade between the Rams and the Lions, which I think we kind of knew this going in, into the situation as well, but Stafford goes into a situation where he's able to, uh, or Sean McVay gets the best out of him. He's got weapons galore. Detroit really struggles that year. Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. We see like, okay, yeah, this was, Stafford deserves the bulk of the credit for any success he did have in Detroit. The next year, it was the other way around. And I was dead wrong on this one if you look at what I said last offseason about Russ. I thought it was Russ carrying the Seahawks. No, 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 no. It was the other way around. It was the Seahawks. Geno Smith steps in, career backup, has the best year of his NFL career. Comeback player of the year. Seahawks make the playoffs. Russ and Denver go 5-12. and 12. It's like, okay, yeah, this is the great organization in Seattle who elevated a quarterback who we prematurely deemed a star. With Aaron Rodgers now. It is either going to be. He carried them as far as he could. Which is a Super Bowl and multiple playoff appearances. Or. He underachieved given the. Organizational structure around him. It's going to be one or the other. And given Green Bay's history. When they don't have. Supremely talented quarterbacks. They're not that good. 70s they were relevant. 80s they were awful. They've been fortunate to have three decades of Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to ignore the fact that the Packers are with since Rodgers became the starter in 08, they're 6 12 and 1 without him. So with this Jordan Love kid who there's this cautious optimism around in Green Bay, but at this point, kids in year four. If he's not ready to play now, I doubt he will be after sitting three years behind Aaron. You're seeing a new side of Aaron. You're seeing optimistic Aaron. There's reports coming out of the Jets. Uh, uh, OTA is like, oh man, he's optimistic. He's great leaders holding dudes accountable. Like, like, I don't recognize this guy. Like, is he changing for the franchise? Is he changing for the organization? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No or is he sort of allowed to be who he has always been? And Green Bay, maybe, I don't know if it's the weather, I don't know if it's a small town, have sort of held him back. I'm going to take a plunge. And my epiphany was, or is, maybe I should give Aaron a little bit more credit for the success that he had in Green Bay and not as much 50-50. We'll find out in short order. But I am starting to cautiously buy a little bit of stock into the New York Jets. And with that, let's bring on a big-time Jets fan. And big supporter of the show, he hosts a fantastic sports podcast, the Fan Perspective Podcast with Henny Dre. Would you please welcome back to Carving It Up Live.
Rivera on talking about what's up, John John. What's going on? What's going on? I'm doing well, man. It's been too long. First of all, uh, what's sort of your uh, your thoughts on my take about Aaron? I, I saw you had like a reaction down there. What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like to buy in a little bit to the Jets, you know what I mean? Jets talk for real. And uh, just giving Aaron a little more credit, you know what I'm saying? Like, Brad Farb and Aaron, definitely, quarterback definitely carries the team. You can see that in New England. Uh, you can see that in plenty of other teams when, when the quarterback go down, you know. The ship goes down with it. You know, Arizona Cardinals this year, mm. you know, certain, certain teams like that, you know, go down. When Drew Brees went down a couple of times, you know what I mean? So definitely, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely happy that you're giving Aaron Rodgers a little more credit. And you're getting a little bit more respect for the Jets. That's all I want from people. Just a little more respect. You know what I mean? That's all. I, I understand again, but I'm just, I'm, again, I'm just seeing a more – uh, positive Aaron Rodgers that I was I'm not used to seeing over his time in Green Bay again. Maybe maybe it's just the the bitter weather in Green Bay that can just get to you after a while. And I understand. That. I mean, it's not like it's much warmer in New York, but you know, it's it's warmer in New York than it is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I think it's it's yeah. more than nah, safe to say that. No, nah, it's just sure. like you know, like when you in a far as relationship wise, we're gonna keep it that way. Uh, when you get in a new relationship, or oh, everything is brand new. You're going out to different places, seeing different things. You're happy. You know, you're smiling. Everything's going. Now, when the season comes and maybe year two and year one didn't go too well, then we'll see, you know, the true feelings. But definitely happy to see him, you know, like you said, out there with the guys. He's literally one of the guys right now. You know, he's out there enjoying life, I think. You know what I mean? Probably a midlife crisis sort of thing, you know what I mean, for his age. And he, yeah, I'm, happy, I'm happy, you know what I mean? Like I said, to get a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's my second favorite quarterback, you know, behind Dan Marino of all time. So to have him. On my team, I would say still, you know, maybe at the end of his prime, but still in his prime to consider that for two or three years or whatever we get him in. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic, man, but I'm still, like I said, keep my expectations, you know, like in the middle. 11 wins, sure. you know, hopefully make the playoffs, you know what I mean? But, you know, roster-wise, we definitely can compete with anybody, but you have to, you know, you got to play every – and you get him a Sunday, as they say, you know what I'm saying? So. And the defense is as good as it comes in the NFL. So I'm really – that's what I'm curious to see in terms of how he fits with some of the new receivers they have there. Obviously, added Randall Cobb. I'm surprised that you guys actually haven't gone after DeAndre Hopkins. Because I think if you had D-Hop, man, that's that's a game changer. Now, you do have some good young receivers, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, yeah, obviously, you know, as a fan, you know, you you know, well, you was a Cowboys fan. You know, every big receiver that came out, you like, oh, let's get him. Let's get him. Even Cowboys – are in the rumors for him. They were in Odell, right. they are in D-Hop. But, yeah, I, I would like him on the team. But far as receivers, like I said, we had the offensive rookie of the year last year, Gary Wilson. We added, you know, Rogers guy, Lazard over there, uh, Corey Davis. So that'll help Corey Davis because he don't have to be, you know, dependent on as much, you know what I mean? Because he was right. considered one slash two. So now he can go to that third, you know, third receiver. And even Hartman, like I said, we got Hartman from Kansas City. We got Cobb over there to catch them, you know, Third and fives, you know, them short sure. third and five plays. That's all we even. One of those a game from Randall Cobb, that's all we action. One one target, one catch, man, a game from Randall Cobb, and that's it, man. So I'm just happy our, our guy, uh, everything is positive on Brees Hall from his injury, man. Everything's yeah, looking yeah, that's good. huge. Yeah, everything's looking good. Even Salah had in his press conference. It was like, um, he should be full go, but to be cautious, we're not going to give him a uh, full go in practice and everything for now, so. And, you know, like you said, once you – there's levels to everything. Once you go from high school to college, you know, you get that weight regimen, the eating. Now you get the pros, and he's looking even better as well. So, we'll definitely see, man. Sure. And, and I'm, listen, I'm, not, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. 
Oh, I, I, I listen, I'll blame you. There's just much optimism around the Jets. There's been in, in well over a decade. So, but I did want to ask you though about the NBA finals. Cause obviously this is, again, I, I remember talking about my show when we kind of figured it was going to be Denver and Miami is that it reminds me a little bit of 2021 where it's, uh, you know, two franchises we didn't really think would get there. We don't think the matchups can be all that interesting. It ends up being a very entertaining series. Uh, yeah. Starting with uh, Miami, because I talked about to start the show that the notion that there's this huge gap. I saw like there are massive underdogs in Vegas to the, the Nuggets. And my thing is, you can say Denver's a great team, but why can't we give that same credit to Miami? Because they kind of rolled through the East just like Denver ran through the West. What's sort of your thoughts on the Heat? Yeah, my heat, like I said, like always oh, right, man. They're definitely dogs out there for sure. And if you do, you know, roster by roster, obviously Denver got the better roster. Sure. Like I said, they were the number one seed. You know, they got the two-time MVP. You know what I mean? Jokic over there. So, obviously, yeah, they're going to be, you know, big underdogs. But like you said, the heat was underdogs in Milwaukee. They are underdogs. They were underdogs all, all, all playoffs for the Knicks. Yep. They are underdogs for, the, um, for, the, for Boston. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I just think the respect-wise, I think they respect them. But it's like one of them things, like, say for Denver, like, nobody, everybody respects Denver, but since they didn't win nothing yet, so everybody's still skeptical. Like, I don't know about Denver. You know what I mean? And I think Miami has that same that same uh, optimism fires them. Like, all right, Cinderella story is cool. Y'all guys are dogs, we understand, but it ends here sort of thing. You know what I mean? And, yeah, so that's my perspective on Miami. You know what I mean? I think they're they're definitely gonna make it interesting, but it also has to bring it to their game, man. And their game is, you know, under the hundreds. I don't think they could try to outscore Denver. I would say. You don't think so? Yeah, they, they've won so. some high scoring games. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. As far as that aspect, and that was more or less like you said. You're getting lightning in the bottom, man. These cats are playing lights out. You know shooting threes from everywhere, you know what I mean? And also, you go from Denver. Denver, Jokic, and uh, Lakers here just shooting half-court threes like this, you know what I mean, with the shot clock oh. running out. So they had a little luck behind them too. But, yeah, I just think – I think Miami gets a little – like I said, they played the a seven-game series, you know what I mean? It's two days off only to, to, to come back Thursday, you know what I mean, and, and play. It's going to be hard. But Miami is – I think their record is something like that, like seven and one or something like that. In game ones or something like that? Well, I know they're undefeated in these playoffs in game ones, but I didn't know if yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I read some something like that, like in like the last eight or something, like seven and one in game one. So Dang. you don't you know what to expect from them, man. We'll, we'll definitely see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like I told you beforehand, I don't think it would have been the best. I don't think it's going to, was going to be the best, you know, matchup wise and people want to watch, but. Hey, when it's that time of the year when there ain't no NFL, you know, MLB is kind of slow, you're going to watch it. You know what I mean? Of course. Like you said, you want to see what Denver does and, you know, see if Miami can still, you know, stay in this hot streak. As for Denver, too, you know, they've obviously got a lot of storylines around them about uh, Jokic. Where does he rank with a win? I, I said, I think he he's certainly with a championship. He's not in that discussion of top five centers of all time. But I think you at least start to consider, hey, that's a championship, two MVPs leading a franchise to their first ever title, which I think carries a different type of weight to it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, where do you put him in regards to top 10 centers of all time? Um, what sort of your thoughts on that? And as for Denver, do you think rest or rust? Because that's been the discussion. Like, man, they've had 10 days off. Do you think that comes into play? What sort of your thoughts on Denver and in, on Jokic in particular? Like I said, Jokic, you know, you see Melo in the back right there. You know what I mean? 15 yep. too. I think both jerseys should be retired. I agree. You know I, mean? I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think both jerseys should be retired. But, yeah, I think – 
I think when it all settles, I think Joker will probably end up a top, if not probably already, like already up there for the top 10 center like of all time, you know what I mean? And if he keeps up his, his, his thing, statistics and all that, and he wins a championship, you know, he could be in that top five within, you know, two or three years for sure. You know what I mean? But I think he'd definitely have, he's going to have a great series. Like, oh, yeah. Miami's well undersized. We thought, we thought uh, Lakers was undersized, you know what I mean? AD was there. AD was there, basically their big man, the Vanderbilt, trying to be in there. They even had Tristan Thompson in there. So you see how, you know, how much of Forrest Joker was out there. And they got Bam. I'll call Bam uh, Junior AD because they're both the same, bro. They're the kind same of. player. Like, they're physically talented. They should be putting up 20 and 15, but disappear. You know what I mean? They definitely disappear and go from there. Okay. And disappear and all that. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, Joker's definitely going to have a, a, a phenomenal series, man. I can see, like... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, 20. Like I said, same as Lake. I see 27, 12, and 9 or something like that. Less on the assist part. But I think one, I think one or two of these games will be not not a close game. You know what I mean? I don't think like the Lakers game where it was close. You know, basically like all the games are like you know five to six points in the Lakers series. This one, it's gonna definitely gonna be like I said one or two games where we're like ah, it's over by you know five minutes left in the fourth. I think possibly personally. So, you know what I mean? Have you made a Have you made a prediction for the series or uh, like on your show yeah. or on social media? Yeah, I mean the show hasn't come out yet, but I definitely I got uh I got I got Denver in six. I got Denver in six. Okay. And that's that's not that's not even my gut. I think Denver in five. But really? Okay. But I, I said just that out of respect Boston. for Miami. Yeah, out of respect, you know what I mean, for Miami. And I have Boston in five, so you see how that goes, you know. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I think I think like I said, I think, you know, when you just look on paper, man, and, and just look at the matchups, man, I don't think Miami can match up. But like I said, we said that with Miami and Boston. Like I said, I thought Boston could win it all, you know what I mean? Uh, matchup wise. Because you know sure. you got Michael you got Michael Porter out there. I think I think like I said, I think it's saying the re- it's, it's literally a repeat of their their series with the Lakers. I think, you know, each role player will have their game. You know, Michael Porter will have one game where he had sixteen. You know, and the Aaron Gordon will have one game where he got like fifteen rebounds. You know what I mean? Cause they're trying to box out Joker. So who else is bigger than, you know what I mean? Aaron Gordon over there, uh, you know Bruce Brown come off the bench and does what he does. He's uh, played well. Yeah, yeah, he's played well. That's what I mean. Jamal Murray just low key. You know what I mean? Oh, been, yeah. I mean it. It gets overshadowed by the Joker, but he got to get his respect. Like he averaged like thirty. Heck yeah, Lakers. So yeah, man. So I think, I think matchup wise, you got. That's what I mean. You got to see because who Jimmy gets Murray, or you let the other guys get Murray early and then get Jimmy late like you always have. And and, and and something else? Are you talking about doubling teaming Murray or Jokic? No, I'm just talking about like the Murray matchup. Jokic don't got nobody for the Murray. Right. 
far as Murray, do you think Jimmy's? You know, I think I think Jimmy has to take him because who else are you going to put him in? Lowry, Martin, Vincent? Like you're probably just going to have to roll with Jimmy. And that's something else too that I was I was thinking about. And, and I think it's absolutely the the biggest concern if you're pulling for Miami or picking Miami like I am is that Bam obviously Bam struggled against Al Horford, who's obviously the gap between Horford and, and Jokic is a different story. But you still have to play Jokic one-on-one because if you double-team, now he's just going to kick it out to some wide-open shooters, and Denver's got plenty of those. You mentioned Michael Porter Jr. Uh, KCP's been playing very well for them in the playoffs. Uh, Bruce Brown's improved his three-point shot. So that's that's the concern I have for Miami is you can't stop Jokic from scoring. But he's going to get his, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get his. But, I mean, I remember he had a 50-point game second round against Phoenix, but they didn't really let him get going in terms of getting other guys involved. So I think that's going to be the key to beating, to beating Denver when it's all said and done, if Miami goes on to win the series. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they, they, like you said, I think, like you said, the main focus is lock Murray down. Like, lock Murray down and make Jokic. Like you said, if Jokic gives you 50, then I think you're more in the game than him, you know, getting a triple-double. You know what I mean? Because, like you said, yeah. he's, facil- he's facilitating to – Porter and to, you know, ECP, I mean, KCP and, and all these guys, you know what I mean? And Murray, you know, when he gets that assist up, when he gets over like 10 assists, like the game's over. Like they should, yeah. They pres- winning percentages are super high on that aspect. So I think they're the focus, like I said, get Murray. I think, you know, get these guys in there, maybe start Jimmy on Murray, and then like the second quarter, like the other guys get in there, and then the middle of the third, put Jimmy back on Murray, because that's when Murray starts to eat up or whatever like that. And then go from there, like I said, and uh, the, the twin Martin. See what he see if he still be. I'm talking about him. Okay, give me one second. Well, he's been big time for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah Martin. Let's, let's see what he does, man. Because he was averaging what 16, 16 on, on incredible shooting percentage as well. Yeah, man. Like he he was playing lights out, man. Shout out to him because I've seen him and his brother, you know, not really do too much in Charlotte. You know what I mean? Play on the same team, and, you know, just to show up and and. And the lights, man, like I said, in the playoffs and the big lights today, man, that's, that's definitely heart for sure. That's that heat culture, as they say, man. You go to the heat, you get a little more heart over there. You know what I mean? LeBron felt it. He had to go over there to, you know, to get that heart stronger over there in Miami. And, you know, Shaq sure. went over there and rejuvenated his career. So definitely. Yeah, and then that's the the last thing sort of for the series, and I did want to move on to a topic with the Celtics, uh, mm-hmm. is that, you know, the coaching matchup is fascinating because obviously with, you know, there, there's obviously a bigger gap between uh, Spolstra and Missoula there, than there is between Spolstra and Malone. I, I've said for years, I think Malone has been one of the more over-criticized coaches. Like, we forget the fact that, you know, he led two teams come back from 3-1 down back in the bubble. Maybe it's because we discount the bubble as if it's not real basketball. I don't know. But, you know, listen, two 3-1 comebacks, he had to make adjustments in order for them to win those series. And so whether or not he's able to do that against a guy like Spo, who's kind of become famous for that, uh, what, what are you looking at as far as the coaching matchup? Because, you know, Spo's sort of like the the established guy, and Malone's kind of trying to prove himself as being one of the better coaches in the league. Right. Like you said, I think Malone's definitely, like you said, underrated. It just, it's just a Denver thing. Like you said, Denver's almost they a higher, you know, Utah. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're good. Yeah. They're good for years, but they just can't get over the hump. And, you know, I think it's that year. And so Malone definitely did a fantastic job, man, coaching and stuff like that. And I don't think it's too far, you know what I mean, as far as coaching advantage. You know what I mean? No, I don't think definitely so. Malone, especially Malone, how he's been this playoffs. He's been like, I've heard you say it on his, your show. Like, he's been saying some stuff like, you know, to get the other team, you know what I mean, bullet board, bulletin board material and, and stuff like that. So I like his, I like his, you know, like not being too serious with the with the moment, you know what I'm saying, for sure. So I definitely like how Malone's treating it. 
And, you know, if he continue that, man, and continue coaching, man, like I said, letting the boys play, I think he'll be all right, man. Like I said, I don't think it's a big, you know what I mean, coaching advantage in that. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's, again, the adjustments after tonight's game going into Sunday's game, too, is what's going to be really key. Um, finally, I, I want to ask you about Boston because I saw that they um, – Brad Stevens announced today that they're going to keep uh, Joe Mazzullo around. And I, I thought about this like because I talked about Tuesday, like what's the case for keeping Joe Mazzullo around? I Listen, he's young and experienced. I hope he gets an opportunity down the road if it doesn't work out in Boston because, like I said, you know, you know he, he deserves a second chance because he was thrown into a job just you know out of nowhere pretty much. So – my thing is for Boston is do what a lot of teams have done with young coaches and surround him with veteran assistants. Like if you got to right, go right. get like a Sam Cassell, for, for example, or if you want to see if you can maybe probably feel handy from the Lakers or something like I think those guys, those type of coaches would really help someone like him sort of uh, uh, mature into that role, uh, that long term role for the Celtics. But you know, what was sort of your take on them keeping Missoula around? Yeah, I agree with you on that aspect. As far as like assistants, yeah, he's going to add two or three assistants. Like you said, all the – all the young cats, when you see they bench, you'd be like, they're all former coaches. Like, you know what I mean? Like when Mike Brown was with the Lakers and uh, yeah. like uh, Mike Wilson, Woodson will always have a job. Like he's always on somebody's bench. You know what I mean? He's a veteran coach or a young coach. He's on there. You know what I mean? So I could definitely see them. One of the coaches that got fired recently, you know, getting on that coaching staff. I would have said Doc Rivers, but, you know, he's the, he's the coach in Boston and stuff like that. But he would have been a good assistant under him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I definitely I, – I, I agree on the move because, like you said, it was his first year under turmoil. I mean, you know, he was a assistant last year, so you got to give him at least another year to see, you know what I mean, see what he can do, you know what I mean, as far as adjustments and, you know, the players get more confidence with him because, like, you know, obviously they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know what I mean? They came back sure. from 3 at least to get three games. And so, they, you know, he, he showed some wit. He showed definitely showed some wit. So I'm glad they clipped them for another year. Cause you know, like you said, the NBA and every sport, like they're quick to cut people for real. Like, like, like <laughs> yeah, two, three weeks. It's a rough season, job. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a week or two in the season, they 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 let them go. Like the like the Cleveland coach. Remember the Cleveland coach they got from overseas? Oh, Blatt. Yeah, David Blatt. Yeah, yeah. they got rid of him like three weeks in the season. And yeah, got Lou in there. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's definitely definitely on that aspect, but. As far as Boston, man, what what you what you personally think? I don't know if you talked about it or whatever. What you think? As far as Boston in general, the height, we know the coach is intact now. As far as they roster, what you think? As far as roster is going to happen this year, personally. Listen, I understand how the contract extension for Brown, the Mac, the Supermax deal, like makes people like, ah, I don't know, is he worth that? I, right. I get that, but listen, he is a dude who's averaged 25, 26 points a game. Uh, listen. You can't win the championship every year. Like, people kind of forget that. Right. Like, when they've gotten to the conference finals, what, five out of the last seven years? I mean, really, they're, doing, they're doing something right. And right. so, if you retain Brown, do you use some of your assets to – I know I this name is thrown around a lot, but do you go out and maybe get a Damian Lillard? Do you go out and get maybe a Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota because he's likely to be dealt uh, this offseason? Like, my thing is retain the core and see if you can make the surrounding players better. That That's my mindset if I'm Boston, because I don't think they're too far off of a championship. Again, they, they were in a game seven to get to the finals after they just made it last year. So I don't think it's – they're just a long ways away. Like Philadelphia, for example, just can't get over the hump. Uh, I don't I don't think they're in the similar situation. What, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when you, when you talk about that super match, you'd be like, wow. Like, I don't think. It's a lot. There, oh, yeah. there was, there was uh, I was watching Mad Dog and, uh, 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 and Stephen A. going on and he was talking about, you know, he can name basically like 20 players that's better than uh, uh, Brown. And I agree, like there's 20 players over it. But when it's the time to pay somebody and that's why it's super max for a certain team for you can be able to keep your star players, you know what I mean? Right. Offer them more money and stuff like that. So that's what it's there for, man. You got to pay them. But I'll definitely explore. You definitely got to explore the market for them. Like see what you can get in return for them. For sure. Like if you can get Dane, like I've said it before, if you can get Dane and make it make an even swap or add somebody it, it definitely be even swap because because of money because because of money and stuff like that so i definitely explore that i could see a, a, a towns trade though like you towns and minnesota has to give up somebody else i would think on far as you know getting back yeah you they know, might money 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 wise that'll that'll be a straight up trade as well you know i mean towns definitely you know be an upgrade from horford but him and horford almost got the same type of game you know what I mean? they do so yeah yeah, but I definitely think Towns is definitely, it's time, Towns, you got to learn from like KD and I'm like, it's time to get out. Don't wait too long, man. Like, you're trying to get out, you're still a young superstar and see if you can blossom somewhere else. But yeah, for that team, they definitely got to add, let me see, they definitely got to add a, a, a more flexible big man, I would say, down low. You got, you got big Robert Williams down there. He's good, but he's big. But you need somebody that can create, kind of create like a bam, like Michael Porter Jr. Like he don't gotta be obviously, obviously a power forward or nothing like that. But give him a six nine, six ten guy that can create his own shot. You know okay. what I mean? That can get in there power forward wise or small forward at sometimes play center. They need somebody like that, like almost like a Swiss Army knife. He don't gotta be, you know, all star caliber player, but he definitely gotta be, you know, like I said, like a, like a Michael Porter Jr. type of player, like. And that that and play that type of role because Brogdon was definitely that guy. Like I was, yeah, like, he was got huge. him. Yeah, when they got him, I was like, man, I was like, I was, he's a starter and he's gonna come off the bench six man. I was, that's why I was you know choosing Boston. And I was telling people like, yeah, listen, Boston gonna be a problem, but they got Brogdon over there and stuff like that. And as we see, he was, you know what I mean. But definitely, like I said, they got to do a stretch four in Boston. You know what I mean? That can get you fifteen, you know, well, twenty points tonight. They have that guy in the building in Danilo Gallinari, but he got hurt before the season, so that really hurt. hurts him as well. So I, I think they definitely need to keep him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, even somebody that rebounds a little more. I like Gallinari. He's shooting-wise, but you got Tatum and Brown that shoots six sure. threes a game anyway. So you need somebody that can go in and out. You know what I mean? You can give him, he can post up. And, you know, he can get you a three if he needs to, but that's what I think they need. They need somebody like that that can, you know, get a, get a little more bulk of the scoring. Like I said, you can't depend on Big Al out there. He gives you every four games, he'll get you nine points, two, three threes. You know what I mean? Robert Williams, he's good on the alley hoops and the, and the putbacks. But like I said, you need somebody that can create one, say Tatum get hurt. You don't got to have Brown right. shoot up 93s. You know what I mean? That's not his game. You know what I mean? You need somebody right. else to defer to that can create his own shot. Like I said, he don't got to be a superstar. You know, he could be a borderline uh, all-star player and do his thing. Like I said, maybe Gardner was that guy. You know what I mean? Like I said, you had him with Brogdon. Maybe he was that guy, but. Definitely somebody like that in Boston. They're, they're, they're all right. Like you said, nobody can't win it every year. Like they got to the Eastern Conference Championship. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like they had the what, second best record overall, just about. You know what I mean? So 
They're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. I'm with you. I don't think there's any time to panic whatsoever. Two rapid-fire questions. We'll let you get out of here. First of all, who you got in game one tonight? I'm going, like I said, I'm going, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm still going to rock with Denver, man. I think Denver okay. gets them. I think Denver gets them. And then in the close game, though, I think it'll be this will be one of the closer games, you know what I mean, overall. Like I, said, I think Denver won game. Is, well, I don't know when it's going to be, but I think Denver won game is definitely going to take the roof off it you know off the top but yeah i got denver by five tonight it'll be high scoring miami you know compete a little bit like i said miami can score with them but that ain't miami game miami want to keep it around that low low hundreds that 105 106 yeah. area and i could definitely see one you know 117 to like one you know what i mean 110 or something like that i got denver tonight. okay okay i like that and then last question uh is there anybody you can give us from the bulls for jordan Poole? Anybody? Uh, because I'm, I'm just shopping them around. All my guests coming on, just like let me see, anybody let me see can have. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to see because you're making a lot of money. You know, I try to put everything in. Yeah, I'm not taking Caruso. You're not taking Caruso. I love Caruso, uh, and he's not making a bunch of money like like Poo is. You know, I know. Mean? But uh, can we have DeRozan? Nah. Okay. DeRozan's gonna be out after this. He he's playing one more year, and he he's gonna, he's yeah. probably gonna get traded. Same for uh. Zach, like our team is, we're gonna, our team is going through something, man. I don't know what it is. Zach said that ball injury just devastated us, man. That ball yeah, it was. For sure. But yeah, I don't got nobody for pool. Like I said, that contract is too big for me. Well, you can pool. you can take him for free. I mean, I, I listen, listen. Where do we 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 don't need to get anything. We can just we can just ship him off and oh, you give us yeah, like a I, second round pick or something. I'll do it for a second round for sure. I do. It. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, John Rivera, the Fan Perspective Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube, John, John, appreciate you coming by the show. Definitely gonna have you on again sometime soon in the future. Have a good one, man. I appreciate it, man. You too. Thank you. Yes, sir. That was John Rivera of the Fan Perspective Podcast. Uh, great stuff as always from him. I do have a couple comments here from my man Philip Chenault. Philip says the Russell Wilson uh, hate is just insane. Dang, Bryson, you saying he's a bum now? He had an awful coach in Nathaniel Hackett. He did have a bad year, but dang. Uh, and he says I think you will see the difference in him uh, now getting a top ten head coach in Sean Payton and not the worst coach in the whole league. I understand that, Philip. And again, there's no question. Like, the, the, listen, I'm not sitting here and acting like that Hackett was just, you know, boy wonder and Russell just couldn't make it work. No, Hackett deserves a ton of the blame as well. That's why he got fired before the season even ended. I mean, he was in over his head from the first game. I understand that. But simple, I mean, simple, simple concepts. Russ was missing reads, you know, like check downs out in the flat to running backs or to tight ends. Like he got out. I don't know if it was coaching. I don't know if it was Russ. He got out of what made him great. I mean, he was missing some just simple reads that he didn't miss in Seattle. Um, do I think he'll be better this year with Sean Payton? Yeah, because Sean Payton makes everybody better. I mean, people got to remember, you know, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees, to me, is a top 10 quarterback of all time. Dude's career was on the ropes before Sean Payton got there, before him and Sean Payton kind of met in the middle in New Orleans. But my thing is, I talked about cultures on Tuesday when talking about the Miami Heat. Like, you could get, just slide anybody in and out. As long as you have a great player, which they've gotten Jimmy, you slide in the piece that work, you'll be fine. You'll still have the same amount of success if you've got a great culture. You could say the same about Seattle. The Again, same weapons that Russ had that we didn't think, I didn't think were good enough. Uh, Gino made them look like superstars. DK and Tyler Lockett, now they got Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba from, the, um, uh, from Ohio State. 
who's I think he's gonna be really good in the league. So a defense we thought was terrible ended up being pretty pretty solid. So uh, again, I listen. I don't think Russ is bad. I, I think Russ had a horrendous year. Do I ever think he's gonna get back to that being that dude who's like MVP discussion year in and year? I I don't. But but I did talk about the Broncos uh, last week and I said I think they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, I think they win win ten games. They're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> Patrick Brown, Broncos country. Let's ride. I I can't believe I don't have that soundbite here because uh, I've got a bunch of like soundbites here on uh, from where I stream the show from, and I don't have let's ride in there. I'm gonna need to get it before uh, next season. Maybe anytime the Broncos win, I'll play it. Just kind of like like with the Lions win, and I play the Dan Campbell soundbite. Maybe I'll do that. Um, but John John makes some good points though, like talking about how. I, I like. I really like the comparison. Bama to Bio is a lesser version of Anthony Davis. I think that's a great comparison. Like again, he's not. He doesn't have the same like build that AD does. Not as tall. Not as uh, thickly built like AD is. But similar in that man. He now his his offensive peaks are not as high as AD's. When AD is going offensively, dudes a threat to go for thirty to forty points a night. Uh, the question is because he is, uh, as I dubbed him in the first round, uh, coin flip Davis, and he tends to be coin flip Davis. Uh, more times than not, if I have the, hang on, do I have the coin flip Davis? Ah, I don't see it. It's not on cue. No. Oh, well. Oh, there it is. Coin flip Davis. Yeah. Yeah. When he's, when he's on, he's great. When he's, when he's not, he's, he's awful. But Bam is, I think, more consistent than AD, but you kind of get the same production from him on a bad night. Let's put it that way. Where, Man, he's struggling with his defensive assignment. He's struggling. Again, the last play of the game, I, I, I sort of overlooked the fact when I was doing my first segment talking about Miami outplayed Boston five out of seven times. They just got unlucky. No, they. some of it was luck. Some of it is right place, right time that White was there. And some of it is, bam, didn't crash the glass. Now, some of it also is Max Struess didn't, want, didn't have eyes on the inbounder. We could talk about it all day and all night, but ultimately for Miami, it doesn't matter because they still won the series. Uh, and for Derek White, it's great because it's, you know, made them a hero in Boston uh, for 48 hours and maybe even beyond. Uh, Derek White's a really good player. But, but yeah, I like the, I like the comparison. And, and I think, too, like I talked about John John, and this is, again, I'm about to pick predict game one. It is hard. <laughs> you can't, you can't double team Jokic because that's when he's at his most dangerous. Because, if, again, if he gets going offensively, if he's let's say tonight he scores 15 points in the first quarter, just gets on a roll, it may, maybe he hits a three, uh, he's, those little hook shots of paint, you know, he has phenomenal footwork down low, and then the double comes. Well, now you got Jamal Murray out there, and you got Michael Porter Jr. out there. Aaron Gordon, not a great three point shooter, but can knock it down from time to time. You got KCP out there, you got Bruce Brown out there. Jeff Green is capable of knocking down a three point shot. Uh, did I mention? I think I mentioned KCP. Yeah, they've got a ton of shooters in Denver. Again, they they did what any good organization would do, and that's build the franchise around the strengths of your best player. And that's why big reason Denver's gotten to this point. But I am really, really curious because not to get two X's nose, but Miami played almost entirely zone defense in Game Seven against Boston. I really don't think you could do that against Denver. If you play zone, you're going to get cooked. Okay, Jokic is going to go to work as a facilitator, as a scorer. You're going to struggle on the glass, not just with Jokic, but with guys like Gordon, as John John mentioned, with guys like like MPJ. So I have a hard time believing we're going to see the zone defense tonight, but we'll see. The the Again, the, the adjustments made by coaches, and that's why I'm happy that it's a series with two really good coaches. Spo, I think, is the best coach of the league. Mike Malone is, Michael, he prefers, Michael Malone is a top, 
am I going out in a limb and saying top seven, eight coach? I mean, I've always been a Michael Malone fan. Both guys are capable of making the adjustments. So it's going to be a chess match, and I'm very, very excited. I'm always curious, especially in football. I'm excited to see that standpoint of the game. Like all those years where Belichick and Reed would face off in the playoffs. Like, oh, I love those. Absolutely love those. All right. Game one obviously tips off tonight in about an hour and a half on ABC. Uh, obviously, Denver at home game one. They've got 10 days of rest taking on the Miami Heat coming off of game seven. Let's get the background music going. Let's predict game one right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so, 8.30 Eastern, ABC, Nuggets are huge favorites in this game, My, minus nine. So, I mean, Vegas is, all, again, right off the bat, all over Denver to win the series. In part, what, to me, this is, what this is telling me is that, A, they're vastly underestimating Miami's talent, and B, maybe just as important, if not more so, they're looking at the four, excuse me, the four-letter R word, where you just swap in one vowel or another. Rust or rest? What's going to play factor for the Denver Nuggets? To me, I think it's both. I think early in the outset of the game, you got to realize, Miami just played a series in which it's every other day they're playing Boston. They play, day rest, play, day rest, play. No, no, no. Now, they beat Boston, they get two days off. Not just to travel to Denver, not just to get the rest, but to get acclimated to the altitude. Again, I saw a stat today that Denver has, and this surprised me a little bit, but then again, maybe I shouldn't be all that surprised just because of the advantage they have with the altitude there being a mile high, is that they are they have the best home record in NBA history. Like, think about that. Not the Lakers, not the Spurs, or the Celtics. Them, the Denver Nuggets. And a lot of that has to do with the altitude, which I read an article about it yesterday, like different guys past and present talking about it. It is no joke. Like LeBron was talking about, like you get tired quicker in Denver. It is absolutely an advantage for the home team. Miami's acclimated enough, I think, by this point. Again, they've probably gotten to Denver. Actually, they did get to Denver on Tuesday, so they've been here 48-plus hours. They've practiced there, got some shots up. Now, a game is obviously very, very different than that. I understand that. But Miami coming off of the momentum of Game 7, they just finished playing in probably the most hostile environment in terms of an individual game all playoffs long, which is Game 7 in Boston. I remember reports talking about how it they, they felt like it was like a college basketball atmosphere. Like, it was crazy in there. And they weathered the storm. It didn't get to their heads. And they waxed Boston. Now, Denver's better than Boston. I think that, I think that goes without saying. Denver is absolutely a better basketball team than Boston. This can be loud. First finals in, in Denver Nuggets history. The place is going to be ready to go. Here's what I think happens. Miami comes in. They got two days off. That's perfect. To me, coming off of a conference finals, around two, two is the minimum days rest you can get. Two to five-ish days is like perfect rest. Denver hasn't played since last Monday in LA. Now, they also haven't played a home game in two weeks. So, going back to game two of the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. So, does the momentum, does the uh, does the energy of the home crowd kind of feed off and give them the energy to you know that they need? Again, I don't know the, the, the Denver Nuggets well enough or really even that sort of culture, the team, whatever, to know... What have they done to keep themselves in shape, ready to go, keep their bodies fresh? But obviously, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna practice too too hard. You won't be tired before the finals, but you want to keep yourself warm. And and again, that healthy media between rest and rust. That's what you want if you're Denver. 
I think that's going to hurt them. I think Rust is going to get them at the outset of this game. I see Miami in a situation where middle of the second quarter, they're up about 15 points. Like, Jimmy's on a roll. The other guys, the others, as Shaquille Neal calls them, they, they play big enough in a, numerous road playoff games in Milwaukee, in New York, and in Boston. Caleb Martin very well could have been Eastern Conference Finals MVP. As John John mentioned, he averaged about 16 a game on like 60% shooting. Gabe Vincent has been good in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry's made big shots for them. I don't think Kevin Love will get a ton of minutes, but he may just as another guy to help stop Jokic, maybe. Although you can't stop Jokic, he's a great player. Um, I think the role players for Miami step up tonight. I think Jimmy has like a 20-point half. And I think second half rolls around and you see a Denver run. You see Jamal Murray get on a heater, get going. And I think John, I think John John's spot on right in the money. I think this arguably might be the, the most entertaining game of the series. Like right down the wire, close, last two minutes. And if it gets to that point, it plays right into Miami's hands. Miami loves these situations. They execute almost flawlessly in these situations. It's part of the reason that the end of game seven, I'm sorry, the end of game six against the Celtics was so shocking. Not just the fact that, oh my God, Boston lives to, t to tell another to tell about another day by the literal skin of their teeth. It's the fact that Miami allowed this. Like it'd be one thing if it's like if Philadelphia, like Philadelphia just cast their straight throughout the show. It'd be one thing if Philadelphia allowed it. It's like, oh, it's kind of Philly. That's what they do. No. <laughs> Miami does not allow that kind of stuff to happen, especially in their home gym. Last stat, something's going to have to give. The Nuggets are undefeated at home in the playoffs. Only team in the playoffs who could say that. And Miami, as uh, John John pointed out, 7-1 and one in their last eight game ones. 3-0 and oh in their first three playoff series in game ones, obviously being the eight seed, all of them on the road, all of them in hostile environments. I think the Heat win this game. I think they win it close, 110 to 106 over the Denver Nuggets. So again, as as, as the old saying goes on Carving It Up Live, uh, especially during the football season. Yeah, betting man. Or a betting man, take Miami plus nine. Not just plus nine, but to win this game outright. 110 to 106 over the Denver Nuggets to do what they've done the entire playoffs, and that is start the series with the lead. Again, they have yet to trail a playoff series to this point. So they jump out 1-0, steal home court advantage right off the bat, and they win game one. Again, 110 to 106. There we go. That's what I got. Okay, Patrick Brown. Patrick says, not to mention Stan Kroenke is the owner of the Nuggets as well, along with the Rams and the Colorado Avalanche. His wife's father is Bud Walton, who is the co-founder of Walmart. Now listen, Stan Kroenke is, I think I've said before, he's my favorite owner in the NFL. Uh, the thing I love the most about him is that he reminds me, he's he's a, let's put it this way, he's a less um, vocal Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob is the primary owner of the Golden State Warriors. Like, for those of you who didn't see Bob Myers, who obviously stepped down as a GM the other day, for those of you who didn't see it, he did the press conference with the owner, Joe Lacob. And there was a question asked by somebody, one of the reporters, talking about, hey, does uh, this new CBA, which... I I've talked about in this show really hurts the Golden State Warriors and his anti-super team, which I hate. Not just for the Warriors, but for I think super teams are great for the NBA. Historically, they've been amazing for ratings. So I don't know why Silver's trying to combat that. Point is, they asked Joe Lacob about like, hey, this CBA kind of hurts you guys. And Joe Lacob said, we will do whatever it takes to win. He said, I don't care what we have to do. We will do whatever it takes to win. 
I love that mentality by owners. That's why it drives me crazy when you got like uh, your Dan Snyder's the world who fl- they don't care about. He doesn't care about Washington. And that's why I rejoice Commanders fans. He obviously sold the team. But that's why I love about Stan Kroenke. He's not as vocal as Joe Laca, but he abides by that same principle. He abides by that same philosophy that Man, I'm going to do whatever I can to be successful. Now, he's not the GM. But he puts people in positions, smart people in these positions to make these decisions, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. But great, great point, Patrick. And last thing, too, last uh, finals fact before we get out of here for the show. I saw this, that if if you haven't seen this uh, stat on SportsCenter, it's unbelievable that we have not had a Western Conference Finals, I'm sorry, a Western Conference team win the NBA championship. We have not had a Western Conference team win the NBA championship outside of the states of California and Texas since the 1979 Seattle Supersonics, who obviously are now the Oklahoma City Thunder now. Like that's, I saw that, I was like, wow. Which obviously you've had a lot of dynasties from between California and Texas, you know, between a bunch of teams. Obviously the Lakers had two dynasties. The Warriors had a dynasty, Spurs had a dynasty. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, Houston won back-to-back championships. Dallas won a championship in 2011. Uh, obviously, Sacramento—they—they they, they haven't, they haven't, they haven't done anything. Although they're on the combine, there's no question about it. And the Clippers are, well, other the Clippers. That's they're not. They're never a threat to to do anything. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody for stopping by. Big shout out to John Rivera of the Fan Perspective Podcast. If you haven't watched his show, please go check it out anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube, the Fan Perspective Podcast. Big shout out to him. Fantastic guy. Great sports analysis, as always, from him. And I, I know he was very uh, pleased, understandably so, with with some, some, some pro Jets commentary on the show for a change. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, there's something about Aaron. I don't know what it is. It's it's, it's some positive, you know, some positive vibes surrounding him. You know what I'm saying? Very different than what we were used to seeing. So I don't know. I like that. I like I like positive quarterbacks. I like positive athletes. So that's what I got. But like I said, uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow at six Eastern, three Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Networks YouTube channel. Be sure to like, share, comment. And take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network. Here on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Be it Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get and listen to your favorite podcast. Definitely check that out on The Grid. Uh so I got Miami tonight, 110-106. I may or may not, depending on how the game goes, if it's like a controversial ending or if it's a close, which I think it will be. Um, I will. I, I might plan to potentially go on IG live tonight, like right after the game's over. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'm on IG at Carving It Up Podcast. Please be sure to follow me over there. And uh, like I said, I think we're in for a good one. I'll see y'all tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time, Twitter, Carving It Up YouTube channel, and Grid Network YouTube channel. Have a great evening, everybody. Please continue to stay safe. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. Have a great evening, everybody. Heat win 110-106. You heard it here first. God bless you all. Peace out. Heat in six. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.